Deja vu, it feels like post-2017, all over again for the Philadelphia Eagles, who have a sustainability problem. Can they turn things around in time for the playoffs? All that and more on this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the Lockdown Eagles podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 back in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 back if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown to get started. Just don't bet on the Philadelphia Eagles, who are reeling right now. One and four in their last five games. We thank you so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. Regardless, I'm Louis DiBiase, joined as always by Gino Camilleri right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Good to be back on the show. I was in Miami for the weekend, so Gino took over for the post-game show. And I still did watch the game, Gino, unfortunately, before the show. You're like, did you watch? And yeah, shame I did on watch. You. I probably should have just took the vacation very seriously mm-hmm. and took those three hours off because that was a new low for this team. And you got into it perfectly yesterday, but... I just can't believe, and again, they're 11-4. and four. They're going to be in the postseason. This is not 20 and 2020 where it's a four-win team, but it really feels like post-2017 all over again that, mm-hmm. you know, the end of the, the last three years, even 2018 and 2019 when you're making the playoffs, it felt like a slow, gradual regression. And right now, that's what it feels like again. And I guess I can believe we're back here because with the Eagles, it's always chaotic, even in a seven-year stretch where they made the playoffs six times. It has not been peaceful. But I just can't believe that this team, yet again, has so many of the same problems that tore down that window. And a lot of the problems are just that, exactly the same. I I think this team just has a sustainability problem, regardless of who it is that's a part of the core. We always say that time is a flat circle, and especially with the Philadelphia Which is crazy with how unique of this these circumstances are for them to be playing out exactly the same is insane. Yeah, you're talking about, I mean, there is quite literally only two variables that are the same, and that is Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie. Right. But when it comes to coach, quarterback, coordinator, personnel, it always seems like something insane happens. I mean, even going back to Andy Reid with Juan Castillo, it's like, why is this guy who coached the offensive line being our defensive coordinator? None of this makes any sense. There's been coordinator issues for a decade now through four different head coaches, which is, yeah, I mean, Lou, it's a great point. <laughs> I I don't know how intently you were watching this game being down in Miami, but there was, was a beach, point. So a little bit, but. <laughs> okay, so I was watching it very intently, and there was a point, and I know people were getting on Hassan Reddick standing up, what, 10 times in coverage this past yeah. game, but there was a point where we literally went back in time to Billy Davis when Brandon Graham is a stand-up outside Dropping linebacker, coverage. I had the Vietnam War flashback meme that you see all over the place in real time because that's exactly what it was, Lou. It's it's every single time they try to make a change, sustainability. They can't yeah. do it. They cannot sustain what no. they have from year to year. Outside of some years in the 90s with how great that defense was, and then the early 2000s with that success, the sustainability has just not existed at all. I mean, whether it's Andy Reid, whether it's Chip Kelly, whether it's Doug Peterson, whether it's Nick Sirianni, it just continues to happen 
over and over and over again. And I have no idea why. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess there's some connections, right? I mean, with how he he personally is dealing with a lot of the same issues as last time. He's struggling to sustain that core, I think, after mm-hmm. all these big contracts come, after a Super Bowl run. That's the issue I think the coaches are having during these post-Super Bowl runs and how he is having is sustainability when it gets tougher, right? You have to make tougher choices. You have to draft better. You know, these contracts, the cheaper deals for veteran stop gaps, like you need those to work out more. You need those to hit. If you're a coach, you need the coordinators to be right. It's hard to replace, you know, head coach level guys in a year. But other teams do it, and the Eagles just more so because I think Howie still has done a lot of great things this year. Like this is a to me a good roster in a lot of ways. But for the coaching, it's like I don't know, Gino, if it's because Howie and Lurie are looking for a specific kind of coach. Maybe they're just too loyal, right? They're very player friendly, like pro culture kind of guys. I don't know if they're just too overly loyal to these coaches or what it is. But you're right. Like Andy has had these issues. Doug had these issues, you know, Nick Sirianni. Now they look completely lost to the point where what you're saying, Brandon Graham's dropping back in coverage. Hassan Riddick isn't rushing the passer. There's no logic behind these changes. It's just trying anything just to fix it. But Mm -hmm. it feels like they have no understanding of what truly is wrong and how to fix it. Or you wouldn't be dropping back a 36 year old Brandon Graham into coverage. So I've, I don't know if they've lost the locker room. Like some of these articles that are coming out are saying, but they've lost me, and I think the coaches are absolutely a problem that could cost this team definitely, most likely, a shot at the, at the at a title. I think there are a couple points that are, I really want to touch on that have been in my mind since I, I came on after that game, and I said, do you move on from the whole staff this offseason? One, I don't think Nick Sariani is going to get fired, and I want to start no. by saying this. There is a chance that he can because anything can happen in the National Football League. And Lou, if yeah, history Doug, repeats I mean, itself, yeah, look at Doug Peterson. If he takes the path of being loyal to a fault, and I tweeted this out earlier, that with Doug Peterson, it was like, okay, after Frank and John DeFilippo leave, here's Mike Grow, here's Press Taylor, and these guys weren't working. And what ultimately was the straw that broke the camel's back when it came to Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman, it was Doug Peterson didn't want to move on from his guys. I think right now with Nick Sirianni, he's going to have to go into this offseason and say, it's either I'm going down with the ship or I have to make the smart decision. Mm -hmm. And the other talking point that I want to get into was when I had tweeted that out earlier, somebody countered it with it and said, well, this is Nick Sirianni's offense. And this is a completely different set of circumstances to Doug Peterson, who called plays. And I I want to just make it completely clear that this is a culmination of everybody working together. And Nick Sirianni isn't calling the offense. He has to find somebody that can lead and be the general that he doesn't want to be. I think it makes it even more important for Nick to get this right than Doug Gino because he's not calling plays. So he's giving his coordinator even more responsibility. Right. Doug took ownership and went down with the ship with his guys for sure. Exactly. But Nick has to be like, all right, maybe yeah. General Patton isn't there anymore with Shane Steichen. We have to bring somebody else in. And, and right now, I mean, you know, I rewatched that final drive. It, it looks like they're calling plays as if they have a 2019 type of personnel out there. And that's just, again, you're right. He's going to have to make a decision. And Doug got an opportunity to make calls. After mm-hmm. Frank Reich was gone and John Filippo, Howie and Lurie, eventually those two will 
They're going to have their say. They will step in if they don't trust their coach anymore. But they did give Doug two years to make decisions mm-hmm. at coordinator. And Doug chose the path of loyalty. He chose the you know in-house promotions. And eventually, yep, Howie and Lurie in 2020 said, never mind, we're going to throw in all these new offensive coaches. Remember, they brought in like Scandrillo and mm-hmm. all, you know they brought back more, Marty Morningweg. And it was just too many cooks in the kitchen at that point because they lost trust in Doug. Doug eventually of course, and I think he was justified, wanted to choose his own coordinators, and it turned into a power struggle. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say that's what's coming again, but you're right, man. Like, it feels like history is repeating itself. Where the you're fork slowly, in the road's coming, Lou. You're like, you can't going be going down that road. Yeah. You can't be oblivious to it because we could sit here and in a couple months when that yeah. comes and this exact situation is happening, and right. we're, you and I, I think we've supported Doug. I mean, oh, to, to this day. To the to an endless fault, I would say. Absolutely. But he has to make that decision. And the accountability element of the head coach is saying, I was wrong yeah. by not bringing in other candidates to potentially yeah. be that guy. Nick's when it done came it, though, to Sean DeSantis. Right already once before this year, though. So maybe he won't follow the path of Doug because he already did fire Sean Desai. So, but I, I agree with you, Gino. Like, he needs to clean houses here. Brian Johnson can't be the offensive coordinator next year. Matt Patricia can't be the no. DC. It needs to be a full reboot, and you need to go outside the organization. That's exactly it. Yeah. You have to bring in an outset, outside set of eyes, which mm-hmm. Doug Peterson failed to do. Somebody that yep. can be Until as it was too late. a third party arbitrator without having Doug and how, or Jeffrey and Howie having to implement them and keep right. that peace to a degree because right now the players are frustrated. It is clear. I mean, look at AJ Brown, man. He look at how he walked faith off in that, the coaches. Look at how he walked off that field after yep. that third and 20 call. I mean, he felt exactly how we feel right now. They have to sit down and say, Nick Sirianni, did he become a bad coach overnight? Absolutely not. Was he smart in 2021 to give up play calling and realize he's better as a 30,000 foot head coach? Did he make the wrong decision with Brian Johnson? I think so. Did he make the wrong decision with Sean Desai? It's a sunk cost at this point. He either has to move on or he's going to go down with the ship like Doug Peterson. And he has to take accountability because it comes down to him. And if you don't want Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman, the guys that are always going to be in the corner and say, we're the judge, jury, and executioner, and we can make any decision that we want. So you better make the right decision. Mm-hmm. It's a big test for Nick Sirianni right now because he has to find a way to not lose this locker room. Because it's, you can't, to, man. This time it's to break it you. to you. Jalen ain't going anywhere. AJ no. ain't going anywhere. Devontae like isn't time. going anywhere. They're not no. leaving. No you way. Have a, you have a four thousand yard passer, two one thousand yard receivers, a one thousand yard rusher, an offensive line that is elite. Nick Sirianni, honestly, Gino, I mean, Howie and Lurie, some you could say like they should have learned from their past mistakes and not be as hands-on this time. I actually think it's the opposite. I think they saw they gave Doug two years when maybe they didn't believe he was going to make the right decisions when it comes to coordinators, and it cost them dearly. Right mm-hmm. now, I think they're, they're saying we cannot afford to lose A.J. Brown. We cannot afford to have Jalen Hurts no. follow a path like Carson Wentz did. We can't afford to, you know, not maximize the window we have with this offensive line, which still has Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson on the team. So, yeah, I think Nick's got to make some legitimate, serious calls at the end of this year. And, again, the season's still going. They're still, you know, clinching a playoff berth, and they have a chance still at, every, like Jalen said, everything they want to do. But I don't know, man. This coaching staff, it's like after that game – Again, they've been conservative all year. They've been second-guessing themselves. They have not felt like they've 
just been prepared at all in these situations, but that was a new low. Like, you cannot lose in that type of fashion to a bottom three team and expect me to have any faith in you in the playoffs. There's been a lot of cowardice things that this team has done in some big-time moments going back to the Super Bowl. Yeah. But it isn't uncharacteristic, no, Lou, because not, they've no, been feeding habit. us evidence all year long. That's these times true. where they just fail to work the four-minute drill or fail to have any anticipation when you're in a two-minute. And just your play to beat the Arizona Cardinals was to kick a field goal. How did that work back in February? Let's keep playing scared, and this is what's going to happen. It's... um. I just can't believe we're back here. I mean, because I thought, you know, this it felt different this time between the leaders of the team, like the quarterback, so. the strengths of this roster, the balance in age, like the way how he was cooking, the way it just felt like Sirianni had this team playing together. Again, I'm not, not saying 2020 is coming and this is going to be a total reboot, but yeah, I mean, that was a new low on Sunday. That to me mm. was the worst loss of the Sirianni Hurts era and – Again, I think A.J. Brown is very justified in the way he's feeling right now. I I don't think he's mad about targets. I think he's upset about the coaches, the way they're getting targets, the way this offense is running, because I think they know they can be so much better, and it's absolutely Absolutely. correct. So we'll see what happens moving forward. The Eagles, it's – I don't know. I don't want to say it's do or die time anymore, but it's there's a lot more at stake now than I think we thought, regardless of just what's going to happen in the 2023 run. I want to get into that more coming up next because on the other side of the football, there's even bigger problems on defense. So we'll get into that coming up right here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Today's episode of the Lockdown Eagles podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get 150 back in bonus bets, guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks back in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use. There's so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, all that and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. Again, FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. We thank you so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. Guys, want to let you know Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. So, you know, we're you know talking deja vu today because it feels like a lot of the problems the Eagles are dealing with right now trying to sustain this window they dealt with right after the 2017 season. And we went really in on the, the coaching staff and especially on offense, because there's just, there's no excuse for them to be still looking so inconsistent. And the, the decisions you can tell that the players, like, here's the thing is the players have been, you know, sometimes this year prone to mistakes, not sometimes a lot of the time they've turned the football over a lot. They've been sloppy with penalties going back since August, but like, wouldn't you agree when you see the issues with the offense, especially in that game against Arizona, because sometimes people say, well, the players got to be out there. It is mostly about execution more than anything. The coaches can't be out there playing, but when you see what the Eagles problems are, it is a direct result of coaching. It has to be at this point. And, the thing that sucks, Lou, is that was a really good game from Jalen Hurts from was, passing yeah. inside the pocket. I, I thought agree. he made some exceptional throws. People were hit or miss on that throw that was against zero coverage that was kind of outside on Devontae Smith. But they still didn't have an answer to zero coverage because right. that's coaching, and it comes down to, exactly. like we have said on this show, 
the players are winning in spite of the coaches. It feels like it feels like the Mark Jackson Golden State Warriors, where every time my I I went to college with this kid. He's the biggest Warriors fan going back years. And he always said, Mark Jackson isn't a coach. He's a hype man. And that's what it felt like. You would go to the sidelines like, come on, guys, here we go. Like, here we go. Not drawing up the X's and O's. And that's what it comes down to for the Eagles. It's like, oh, they go to the sideline. They can't get the personnel right in first and 20 with the game on the line, Lou. Then your decision is to go QB run, QB run, throw to Kenneth Gainwell. That's coaching, Lou. Right. Anybody with a brain is saying, why are we throwing to Kenneth Gainwell? Also, in this you know, I know it worked earlier in the game, but why is Kenneth Gainwell throwing the football? That's my thing. Is they're just changing That's your ninth things? man off the bench hitting a shot yeah, with a second left on the clock. Yeah, what are you they're doing? Grasping, they're grasping at straws right now, and I think they just have no answers. And their answer right now on offense is, yeah, it needs to be Hurts, Brown, and Smith carrying them. And those are very smart football players, and they know it, and it's why they're all pissed off. When it, look, when it comes to the defense, Gino, it is really a personnel issue, though. This is a problem that Howie had after 2017, so too, where, again, I understand, the even back then, I understood the philosophy for most of his decisions. Right now, I feel the same way. Like, I get what he did at linebacker. I think a lot of us had belief in Kobe Dean. I get the decisions up front of the defensive line. You know, again, a, a better combo of older, cheaper veterans like Cox and Graham coming off big years and then top draft picks versus like paying a Javon Hargrave. I get even in the secondary, not wanting Bradbury and Slay to leave. I mean, they were all pro corners last year, and this franchise has been desperate for great corners. But when you're a GM, like even if we understand the idea, the execution has to be there. And that defense just, again, we'll talk about the defensive line, but the second and third level, it just looks like they don't have the players to seriously compete for, again, a championship. And that, again, is what was, this was supposed to be about. It's not just making the playoffs anymore. And the coaches that are calling the plays, it's just as bad. I think oh, the yeah. defensive performance, Honest NFL tweeted it out, and he said this is the worst defensive performance that he has seen in, he said, I mean, outside yeah. of any other defensive coordinator that the Eagles have had. It was just so bad. It was so bad, Lou. It's the things that we're saying, like, why are you playing off coverage with zone looks when it's third and two? Like, why are you doing that? And you're blitzing against Kyler Murray, who's eating you alive because your front isn't hitting home and the guys on the back end aren't playing well. We thought Avante Maddox was going to come back and mm. show some sh- sort of reinforcements. Nope, that didn't work. And it just... You are lacking quite literally everything you need to yeah. take away the most important position on or most important area of the field. You don't have the guys to take away the middle. That's why you were really no. good last year. You had really good linebacker play from TJ and Kaiser, and you had exceptional, exceptional safety play from Chauncey Garner Johnson, Marcus Epps, and then Reed Blankenship, who came on late. Now, what do you have? You have nothing. You have Swiss cheese in the middle of the field. Teams can take what they want. It's like walking into a store where nobody's working and you could just grab everything and you're not going to get in trouble. You couldn't stop Mm -hmm. a nosebleed. And that's as evident as ever, Lou, that the only stops they made in this game, I want to continue to repeat this, are on a 99-yard pick six that was just a miscommunication between the wide receiver and the quarterback. And... At halftime, when time ran out, the rest of the time, the Cardinals, who have one of the bottom five offenses in the league, right, scored points on every other drive. That's insane. Dude, 
honestly, I th- I'm going to be more aggressive about it this year. I There's times like during the draft people, because we always talk about the meat and potatoes. You got to start with the trenches and, and build out and how he knows what he's doing. This is how they've sustained this window. Like you got to take linemen and that's what he does. But I've always made the case like you can't ignore the other positions always mm-hmm. early in drafts. Like you can take linemen the majority of your top picks, but there needs to be times you invest a first or second in a corner or in a safety or in, God forbid, just one linebacker. And last year, you know, because again, they've had the results and the trenches do carry this football team. I was a little, I feel like more quiet about it, but this year they, I think they have to do that. You know, they have mm-hmm. to invest premier assets in that second and third level because it is, it's crushing them. And Howie has gone way too far, I think, in not saying ignoring those positions because, again, he brought back Slay and Bradbury. He did try to bring back CGJ, at least to a certain degree. We all did have hope for Nicobe Dean, who was a third round pick. But I think he's gone too far in this philosophy where he let both Edwards and White leave. I don't think he tried hard enough with Chauncey Gardner Johnson. He didn't, you know, even if you bring back Bradbury and Slay, you got to have some younger players at corner ready to go, and you don't draft that position early, despite how valuable it is. I think he went too far with this, and they're, they're paying for it. I totally understand, and you've been the one person who I yeah. think has always been the the devil on the shoulder saying like, yeah. yeah, it's great. I mean, I think Nolan Smith has gotten a bigger role and I thought he's looked more athletic than most of the guys on that line. And he's able to do things for you in what they want to do on defense, but it just isn't working, but I'm with you. They have to this year to where if you look at the Detroit lions, a lot of people right after those first two days are laughing at the selections they made. They're like, you take a running back after you right. sign David Montgomery and you draft the coach's son at linebacker and you draft Sam Laporta and look who's laughing now, folks. Like that's a pretty good draft. And are those positions like the Eagles that would kill like, for a Brian branch right now, Gino, I dude. Mean, yeah. And then they followed up with Brian branch at the safety yeah. position. I'm with you. You, you have to. And Howie Roseman, he has learned, he has learned, and has been the one guy that we know has kind of said, okay, I messed up in the past. Mm-hmm. Let me go and change it. But at the same time, Lou, I think it comes down to these players just taking that next step at times as well. Like yeah. Jordan Davis has to step up at some point. And I think Jalen Carter has carried a big burden for this defensive line. Yeah, I don't like, think where are the play. edge rushers, man? Like, yeah. where are they? Like, we're putting it all on mm-hmm. these young kids. Like, that's, that's a lot. Right. Like, yeah, they should step up their first round, second round picks for sure. I think this draft class has gotten a lot for you, and so is last year so far. But you could talk about philosophy and where you want to make the picks going forward because it's evident that now with what you have, the needs are elsewhere, and those needs that yeah. we thought would be a little bit longer term, the dam broke. It's imminent now that you need to find some upgrades at some of those positions. I agree. And with the defensive line, like, Gino, again, the investments are there, and yet the results just aren't even close compared to last year. Over 70 sacks, you're at what right now? 41. It's just not even close. And Mm -hmm. again, like, they have the talent. They have good veterans. They have good young players. They have two stars in their prime. Although I don't know if I want to, I think Josh Sweat's a star. I don't know what's been happening. We got to talk about that soon. Yeah. Um, So I think again, like with the defensive line, the situation is a little bit different than the second and third level. I think the difference, the the issue with the defensive line, they have a prime problem. Like how he chose to, you know, we're talking about, he ignored these other positions early in the draft. He invested two picks in Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith. He invested that pick last year. Instead of taking Kyle Hamilton, he took Jordan Davis. So he's invested these top picks in the defensive line. 
Then he brings back Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham. Instead of paying a Javon Hargrave, like he chose kind of to have, you know, the young stars and the older, cheaper veterans. And again, I, I can understand the philosophy. I think at the time I supported it. But the wall you're seeing right now with this pass rush, I think, is a direct result. Like, I think Jalen Carter has hit a rookie wall because he's had to carry a lot of the production. Nolan Smith right now just – I don't think he's ready yet to carry the the role that he would mm-hmm. be required of. I don't know what we have in Jordan Davis anymore. Like, he looked really good the first half of the year, and since then he looks out of shape. He does not affect the passer at all. He's not been nearly the elite run stopper. Milton Williams hasn't taken that much of a step. And so, you, I mean, he's been good, but not enough to replace Javon Hargrave. So, right. like, I just feel like you've needed Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox to do way too much than what they're capable of now. Like, last year, the reason they were so good, I think, is because they didn't have to do as much as they kind of need to right now. And I think you're just asking two groups of players that are too old and, I think, too young to fill the void of what Hargrave and that entire defensive line was last year. And then that's putting so much pressure on the only two prime guys you have in Riddick and Sweat, and they look gassed. Where 2018 felt almost like, just like I said earlier, he was loyal to a fault. He brought a lot of those guys back because they're like, oh, let's run it back. I think they did a good job at trying to change up the recipe, Mm -hmm. but sometimes when you change up the recipe, it just doesn't hit. And this recipe just, it hit for a little bit, and then all of a sudden... It's spoiled and it's spoiled really quickly. I think like you're saying, like they don't have the guy, the horse is on the edge to kind of keep fresh legs there. And no, Jordan Davis, did anymore, he take right? that step? He's in that sophomore slump area right now. Yeah. And you're putting a lot of the burden on guys who might have not developed yet to that point. Like Nolan Smith, like we knew that it was going to be probably a year before he gets to that full-time player role. And they're asking him to do that to an extent right now. And We'll see in a couple months how Howie addresses this, but how do they get through to the playoffs, Lou, and have to go on the road more than likely? Yeah. Goodness gracious. I don't know what they're going to do. I agree. This year, I mean, they just need to hope these guys catch a second wind. I think long-term what it is, you'd need the development of Nolan Smith and Jordan Davis is very important, especially if you want to start using picks on other positions. You need these guys to be more than they were this year. And I think next year, you just need more of a prime role player to replace Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox. I think both have been very effective at times this year, but the amount of, again, this year, what was required of those two, they just can't give you that snap in and snap out anymore. Like you'll get still Mm -hmm. multiple really good plays from Cox and BG a game, but they've been asked to kind of do what Javon Hargrave did last year. And if it wasn't them doing that, it's been Carter. And that kid again is carried to me as much as he could while also dealing with injuries. And they didn't sign any veterans like they did no, last they year. Even when they knew that they had a good interior, they brought in Linval Joseph and Indomitian Sue. That's a great point, too. Yeah. You're at that point, and it's like they hit that wall. You're right. It's like they're just yeah. ramming their head into that wall there, over and over know, again, like, hoping it breaks. These are all good players. Like We saw it in the first half of the year. These guys can all play. But, yeah, the wall, I think, again, is a direct result of them being too young and too old at that spot. They just they don't have that middle ground except for Sweat and Reddick. I totally agree with you, and hopefully they get that second win, like you said, because right now if if they rest these guys, maybe you get fresh legs in a week or so, but we'll see. You're most likely going to have to go on the road and probably play one of San Fran or Dallas in the round after that. On the road for the playoffs most likely is the fate of the Philadelphia Eagles. Do we have any faith in the birds when it comes time for the postseason? We'll get into that coming up next right here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast. 
Today's episode of LOE is also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. If you haven't played yet, it is easy. All you have to do is you select two to six players and you say, are they going to have more or less than the prize picks stat projection? It's not like the other daily fantasy sites where it's you against thousands of people that are most likely using these crazy computer algorithms. No, it's just you against prize picks two to six players, and they don't even have to be in the same sport. Heck, you can choose Travis Kelsey and LeBron James at a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made and receptions. As well, you could play with rapper Meek Mill and Andrew Schultz right now in their Community Plays promo tab. As well, they have the reboot policy, which is the most innovative policy in all of daily fantasy sports. If somebody gets injured in the first half and they exit, don't come back for the second. That player is rebooted. They're the only daily fantasy platform with injury insurance. So today to get in on the action, you go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. You put in $100, they'll give you $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, Eagles fans, we're wrapping up this Tuesday edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast, and the Eagles losing to the Cardinals on Sunday puts them in a hole. They controlled their own fate still, Gino, when it comes to winning the NFC East. That's not the case anymore. The likely fate of this team now is going to, and crazier things have happened, but most likely they're going to be heading on the road as a wild card team in the playoffs in a few weeks. And again, I think, you know, even last week before the Arizona game, even before the Giants game, we were still laying out a scenario of how this team could go on a run. And we were saying, you know, you still have Jalen Hurts, who now is heating up after that Giants game. And if the pass rush can wake up, you've got the players still at the right spots where in a very unpredictable season in the NFL, you have a chance. But after that game against Arizona, where the pass rush still has not woken up, the coaching looks completely inept. The second and third level just don't have the bodies right now to run with these offenses. I don't know if, you know, again, yes, you have Jalen Hurts who's playing really well right now. You have Devontae Smith if he's healthy and A.J. Brown and Dale Scotter and that offensive line. But I don't know if, I think they're, you're asking too much of that team, that offense, to carry the problems. I don't know. I just, I've kind of lost faith and now on the road, I don't know. I think it might be too much for this team. You might luck into playing. Yeah. The NFC South. I mean, that's most sure. likely what's going to happen. And you might get a playoff win like 2018, are... but even that team, you were waiting for the magic to run out. Cause you're like, they don't have the roster like last year to win it all. That kind of what that's, yeah. that's a good way to put it. Right. Where it's like, yeah, they might luck into this win against Chicago. It took right. the double doink to where and they, they can push off. New Orleans. Like, but you know, yeah, I think they like stand a good chance to beat yeah. those teams. But if you go on the road, and I, I've said this the last couple shows, and you have to go to the Bay or you have to go down to Jerry, where, like you're going to get boat raced in such a bad way. And the thing is, can the offensive guys make those plays? Yeah, but is yeah. the blueprint out to stop it? 150%. And on defense, you don't have a blueprint to stop anybody. No. It, it's so evident. And what is going to be the outcome of that is going to be very interesting. How do they approach it? Is it worth continuing to try and run it back with what you have with this coaching staff? That'll be very intriguing, but I think it's going to be question. a big time retooling like we had in 2018, 2019, where you are going to have massive changes, but there's still going to be foundational pieces here. Like more than last Hurts. time, at least. Like, right? oh, guess. without that's, a, that's, it's that's a much a younger part. roster. That that's yeah. the positive you have to look at. It's a much yes. younger roster. 
the players are doing a very good job on offense, I will say, of trying to overcome just this JV type of offense. Right. I don't think a four win season is coming anytime soon. Like, like that's the thing is they're regressing just like after 2017. I don't think that kind of collapse is coming, but again, it was supposed to be, Gino, you're competing for titles year in and year out. And in that way, you have to ask that huge question that you just laid out that I didn't think we were going to have to ask, but it's, do we have some of the right pillars when it comes to coaches, when it comes mm-hmm. to some core pieces on the roster? And that's a question now that I'm asking too. And I wasn't asking that even a month ago. Sometimes when it rains a little bit and the dirt clears away the soil, man, like you find out those flowers, they weren't blooming. The ones you thought you were watering, they weren't blooming. Sorry, Nick Seriani, man, but hey, you're going to have to figure it out. And I think it comes down to him. I think it comes down to Nick. It's going to, I don't feel you're going to learn a lot about him the next couple weeks, especially through this playoff run. And then you're going to learn a lot. Once that black Monday comes, when all the coaches start to get fired, does he, does he say we we got to cut bait with these guys or does he go down with the ship? That's that's yeah. the fork in the road that they're at that right now. But as for this team, I ho- I hope for the players. Just I mean, is this the last time we see Jason Kelsey and Fletcher Cox and Brandon? That was Graham? a tough like, thing to think about too. I didn't even think of that on Sunday. Like that might have been their last. Like game rally for those guys, man. Like if anything, like still d- don't play I mean, for your coaches. Play for those guys. Play for the guys yeah. that you know have put so much blood, sweat, and tears into this organization. That that's who I would go down for, man. That's you know, the, like when you're in a bowl game for the senior class or like the last right, rivalry right. game. Like yeah, exactly. do it for them. Do it for them. That's Heck, the if you hard hate the coaches, of- AJ, just. Just don't say anything. Just go play football. No, I agree. That is kind of the hard part of like thinking about where they're at right now because it feels over and we're asking all these big picture questions now, but they still have a playoff game to play. Like they <laughs> that wrapped I up mean, for like a month to do. Yeah, that's the thing. They could still go on a, a 2017 like run where you just catch this random playoff fire, even though nobody expects it. And I don't think that's going to happen again. We but, thought they were one and done then, Lou. Yeah, I mean, so it's a flat maybe, circle. We thought that team was dead in the water. And they have and the quarterback again. still. So maybe again, maybe I don't feel great about it though. If the pass rush was going right now, I'd feel a little bit better, but we'll see. They haven't the thing again, whether we believe it or not, they still have a chance to go do, you know, that's the one thing like Jalen said, they, they have a go a chance to go do whatever they want to do, but it, they've made the roads so much tougher. And mm-hmm. they, I think they've really killed the faith of even, even us. And I think we're one of the more positive podcasts in this market. So we are positive. We'll see pod. what happens. Yep. Eagles giants coming up this next week. We've got crossover Thursday, a Friday show for you as well. And tomorrow, Wednesday for you two, three more podcasts for you this week. We thank you so much for making lockdown Eagles. Your first listen each and every day right here on the lockdown podcast network for Gino Camilleri. I'm Lou DiBiase signing off for now. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for watching and listening and let's go birds. Fly Eagles fly.